This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. We're here today with Wharton Finance Professor Jeremy Siegel to talk about the uh, results this past quarter for uh, J.P. Morgan and uh, Goldman Sachs and what that has to say about the state of the financial sector. Jeremy, there are some folks who think that this, their, their great results suggest they were taking some big risks mm-hmm. and that uh, they're taking risks because they believe that if they fail, the government will step in and help them. Uh, what do you think about that? I don't think that's uh, the major reason at all for, for their profits. Uh, uh, I believe uh, there's, there's a couple reasons why they did so well. Um, first of all, is a lot of their competitors are gone. <laughs> uh, you know, Bear Stearns and Lehman and, and others, uh, although some of the people have been absorbed elsewhere, uh, there's less competition for, uh, for those profits. Uh, uh, so that's one reason they're able to do well. And, and secondly, there's, uh, we're in an area of what we call record risk spreads. Uh, markets are still not liquid. Uh, they're still volatile. These are the climates where uh, firms such as uh, uh, Goldman and, and J.P. Morgan do extremely well because they survive on, uh, you know, the spread between the bid and the ask, the arbitrage between uh, different types of instruments that are just slightly different. And those spreads have been very, very wide. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the lack of others uh, competing against them, they've been able to take even better uh, um, uh, advantage of that. So I, I think it was easy profits because of the what's going on in the financial markets. I don't really think they were taking uh, pr- any appreciable uh, risk. Do you think that these results will lead to uh, bonuses of the sort that generated some concern uh, last year um, uh, on, on Wall Street? Yeah. The political, in terms of, or will they be chastened because of the political reaction from well, previously? For, I mean, uh, Goldman paid back. I think J.P. Morgan did too, if I if I am right. Uh, so, uh, and with a profit, by the way, uh, which means the taxpayer did really well. So the question I, I think uh, comes down to, you know, why would we want to mess with their internal compensation? We don't. There isn't any government comp, uh, uh, subsidy involved here. Now, with that being said. Um, it is true that the the bailout of AIG did mean that some of the uh, contracts that uh, both Goldman and J.P. Morgan entered into uh, were made f- whole by that. But mm-hmm. in terms of the outright uh, TARP money or a Fed subsidy, it's it's gone, and we've all been repaid. And and the truth of the matter is, Goldman didn't want it to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember, Paulson forced it on uh, the banks, J.P. Morgan and uh, uh, Goldman. Goldman was was actually in very very good shape, and he just said, "Everyone's taking it. I just don't want to. I, I don't want uh, the, the people who take it to get a, a bad name that they need it, and you don't. So we're just going to force everybody to uh, take it. So I think it's really unfair to to, to penalize them uh, for being forced to take it and having paid it back with a profit to the U.S. government." Um, I think we should let them set their own compensation structure. And you believe that the taxpayers got a reasonable return oh, based on the results that Goldman had? Mm, a, uh, a very good re- return uh, based on, first of all, the dividends that were on the preferred full 
uh, interest on, uh, on on the loans um, and and the warrants that were issued were paid off at a profit. So we 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 the taxpayer did very well off of Goldman. There was no subsidy involved uh, from that angle whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And are do you share any concerns about the moral hazard in the marketplace right now that the, that some of these firms might be taking risks they they probably shouldn't be given because because they'll have uh, they have this implicit sense that they're going to be uh, made whole by yeah, the but government. Don't, don't forget, we, we got Goldman all the way up. What, what is its price now? 140 I mean, don't forget, when we talk about bailed out, what we're saying is we're going to bail out the bondholders. The stockholders go to zero. I mean, there's a, there's a huge amount of equity there in Goldman that uh, – uh, is not bailed out. Don't mm-hmm. forget. I mean, uh, even AIG, their stock is virtually zero now, and I think it will go absolutely to zero. So, you know, when we talk about uh, the moral hazard and all that, um, it, it does apply somewhat to the bondholders and the counterparties. But when you have substantial equity, as you do in Goldman, particularly, and and increasing equity now in J.P. Morgan, um, it, you know, it's not a freebie. If, if you're bailed out by the government now. Uh, all the stockholders are going to lose everything in it. So I don't think that that is a major uh, play in the game. It's when you're down and out, you have nothing to lose, you know, heads I win, tails, you know, I I was going down anyways, let the government take it. But uh, both these firms now have a a lot to lose after having recovered a lot, Mm -hmm. particularly Goldman, uh, in its stock price. Now, what do those results say about the broader uh, financial sector? Um, is it is it evidence that it's coming back, or is this just a, <clears throat> a, a kind of a, a quick return after a, after being I, down I, so far? I think right right now, uh, profits in the financial sector opportunities are the greatest they have been. Um, I would love to be a new bank without any legacy loans. I mean, that's what's all the loans they made during the boom is what is 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 pulling them down. The spreads between borrowing and lending are record highs. Um, um, uh, you know, they're paying almost nothing for deposits. They're paying almost nothing on Fed funds because the Fed is keeping it so low. So uh, you know, they're they're the profits are are great. The, the problem is is that. Uh, they lost hundreds of billions in bad loans. And the question that stockholders have to ask is, these profits are not going to last forever. They're, as as situation gets to normal, spreads will move to normal. There'll be more competition on, on all angles. But for a period of time, uh, on, on the new lending, on the new arbitrage, on the new trading, I think uh, those players in Wall Street uh, are going to do extremely well. Um, some of them will recoup the losses that they had through their bad loans. Others, it's, it probably won't. I mean, AIG and uh, many of the others I don't think will. It's a question of whether City is the big question mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they lost probably $250 billion and $300 billion in bad loans. Is there enough profit left over the next year, two years, three years for them to recoup it, I tend to think certainly not all of it. it it's not going to go back to the $40, $50 that it used to be. I mean, it's a $3 stock now. You know, hopefully it may become a 10 and 12. That's about all. The others, though, might have enough opportunities to build back the profits to to cover the loss. Bank of America would be the next one to consider to see whether it can do it. And I'm not sure. I think a strong Banks such as uh, you know Wells Fargo and and, and J P Morgan, I think, will make profits that will overtake their losses. 
and will do well. And, and firms like Goldman, who didn't have many losses at all, are going to do fantastically uh, because they are in a uh, financial environment that is uh, you know, very conducive uh, to their type of, uh, of uh, operations. Given the reduced level of competition and these very favorable spreads, do you see new players moving into Certainly. that area? Absolutely. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a trouble getting capitalized. I think exactly. hedge funds are beginning to move into that area um, uh, and, and others. They will get the competition, to, to be sure. Uh, this is a window of opportunity that uh, will close uh, over time, and I think uh, they're trying to make the most of it uh, right now. Also, internationally, they don't have the competition also because really this was an international. A lot of the international players were also uh, – certainly damaged. So uh, for those players still active, um, uh, this, is a, uh, this is certainly a, a special window for them. And in terms of the, the, the markets themselves coming back, um, uh, it looks like they're, they're, it's, it's still been kind of all over the place in the last, last few weeks. Right. Um, uh, the credit still... markets are, are what has really yeah. come back. I mean, this, they, you know, we, we've talked before about the LIBOR Fed fund spread. Mm -hmm. and how that ballooned all the way out to almost 400 basis points right after the Lehman bankruptcy. Uh, it's down to, I think, around 30 now, 25, 30. Now, this is still above way pre-crisis, uh, you know, before the first little rumblings. We're talking about 2006, 2007. But it's well below what was happening, let's say, July, August, and early September before Lehman. The spread was around 70, 80, 90. So we've repaired dramatically on those risk spreads. Still not back to normal, but dramatically. Stock market is, is looking things over. Um, uh, you know, as I talked before, I think uh, one of the threat was higher oil. That has come down a little bit. Um, and uh, I, I think that things do look favorable for a uh, continued rise in the stock market. I still believe that this year will be an up year. In fact, right now, year to date, uh, we are up on all major averages now in the United States. And in fact, almost around the world, I think uh, someone said that 95, 90 to 95% of the stock markets around the world are now year-to-date positive um, after, we all know, last March being uh, very, very far negative. Mm -hmm. The credit markets, though, are still limping, especially in terms of loans for, for smaller, smaller and medium-sized businesses, um, as we've seen with uh, CIT, for right. example. Um, and that's where most of the jobs come from. Right. Uh, is that that continues to be a sore spot? What do how what do you well, see I, for? Well, I, I I agree with the government's decision not to bail them out. I I do think there there appears to be a, a rescue package by bondholders. Um, uh, it it yeah it's it's tough. Obviously, when you're in a recession and as a recession as severe as this, lending is going to go down. Whether the, you know because we see much more risk, you can't borrow on values, um, uh, inflated values like it was so easy to do in 2005, 2006. They're asking for hard appraisals, and companies are having a hard time, uh, you know, getting appraisals on real estate and and inventories and others that can match their loans. Um, that's what happens in recessions and particularly deep recessions. As confidence come back, lending will come back. It is beginning to come back. As I said, the spreads are already narrowed uh, dramatically. Um, uh, uh, it's 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 a matter of time. I think there is healing here, mm -hmm. uh, but it, it's really a reflection of the risk and the fall in the asset values 
that used to collateralize the loans of, of these uh, lenders. And uh, now uh, they, they could really, the banks and everyone are asking, let's see the values, you get the appraisal, you'll get it. But I have to see the realistic appraisal. Okay. Uh, new polls are showing that um, uh, public support for the Obama economic plan is starting to shrink. Um, uh, I, I don't know where I would have put your uh, support of the Obama economic plan previously. I know you've had some concerns about it. Yeah. Um, where would you, where, you know, how, how are you feeling about it right well, now? Well, people you are, you know, as unemployment rate rises, um, you know, people, people are uh, impatient. Mm -hmm. uh, we do have multi-trillion dollar deficits, which, uh, you know, a lot of groups are, you know, making sure that people get all, uh, scared of. Uh, I, I think there's, there's, there's a couple things here. First of all, um, if we see the continued recovery in the stock market, that's one factor that I think will, will bolster confidence. Uh, uh, and secondly, uh, we're beginning to see um, uh, although not as fast as we had hoped, uh, payroll uh, declines uh, slowing down. And uh, I'm predicting GDP growth in this third quarter to be 2.5%, which should uh, really be about bring uh, stop payroll losses beginning in August and September, hopefully even some small gains. Unemployment, as people go into the labor force looking for jobs, might continue to rise for another six or even 12 months. I don't know how high it'll get. I still think it'll, it'll peak below the 10.8% record that we had in 82. But, but notwithstanding, that, that we know that's a lagging indicator. So the labor market is what gets the headlines, what affects the opinion polls. That's the most lagging of the indicators. If the stock market comes back, and we begin to uh, you know, slow down, as I believe we will very soon, the job losses, I think uh, confidence will stabilize. I still believe, if I read these polls, that they're, even though the confidence is down, they're still uh, 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 greater than 50% support for most of the policies. I think about that. About that. Yeah. Now, um, I just want to go back to these job numbers for just a second. Uh, you were talking about people returning to the job market, trying yeah. to find jobs. So you're talking about, I think, some of these people who were allegedly discouraged workers Correct. who haven't been seeking once jobs, they and so hear, they weren't reflected. Once they hear that the situation oh, is a little better, they come and actively seek uh, work. We're seeing a big increase, interesting, in female uh, unemployment, not so much because Females have been laid off, but um, they, because the situation is tight in households where there was only a, the male worker, they are now coming into the labor force. I see. As, as a second worker trying to see what kind of jobs to bolster th their situation. So their unemployment rate goes up again, not because of layoffs, but because they, they, they feel they need to find uh, a job. And again, as the situation begins to improve, that number actually be rises at first. As people said, now is the time for me to right. look for a job. And it, unemployment will rise even as payrolls begin to gain numbers. Because the payrolls aren't rising as fast as the number of people yeah. looking for work. Absolutely. Okay. Right. So today we have a some indications about the Fed's uh, exit strategy for these uh, troubled banks. What are your reactions to, to it in these first few minutes after it came out? Right. Uh, uh, Bernanke's uh, semi-annual Humphrey Hawkins testimony, as it used to be called, um, uh, before Congress, and I did get a chance to read them. Uh, I, I, I think they're right on. Uh, what, what he's saying is that I do not feel right now that we need to 
begin to think about raising interest rates, but we are prepared to do so if we think that uh, the economy uh, and, and prices may, may uh, overheat. Um, so he gave confidence. Uh, the bond market reacted very favorably this morning um, uh, with the interest rates down 10 to 15 uh, basis points. He also talked about his exit strategy. What that means is, you know, how do you uh, go away from this zero interest rate um, uh, and still provide liquidity for the banks. And one of the first things that he did mention uh, was that uh, Congress has given him, just as a result of the crisis late last year, uh, authority to pay interest on reserves. And uh, what that means is that he can begin raising interest rates on reserves um, and still supply a lot of reserves. Normally, when you supply a lot of reserves, you drive interest rates down. Um, uh, but if, you, if you're able to pay interest on those reserves, you can s still supply a lot of reserves. In other words, keep the banking system very liquid, uh, which is one of the goals uh, that, uh, that he has had. At the same time, begin to nudge up those interest rates uh, to fight any inflation that might take place. So that was the first line of... Uh, of, uh, of, of attack that he talked about. And then he talked about the more normal, traditional lines of, of uh, what's called open market sales uh, and, and other transactions to reduce the amount of reserves in the system. And, and one thing he pointed out early on was uh, that we are already getting a reduction on reserves, not uh, from the impetus of the Fed, but from the banks themselves saying, you know what? I don't have to keep all these reserves that have been given to me. I now begin to find some opportunities. So we've seen a shrinkage of the Fed's balance sheet voluntarily as a result of banks paying back loaned reserves, which they felt they had to have at the end of last year. Now they don't feel they need as many of. They're paying those back, and that is just normally shrinking the balance sheet. So on many fronts, he's very aware of it. I think he's right on the ball with it. I, I think they do have an exit strategy. When the process of uh, shoring up balance sheets, uh, the government helping the banks shore up balance sheets began, we had some pretty large numbers over of how much money that might over eventually take. Yeah. It's looking now then like we're going to be spending a lot less in terms of government oh, much investment. Less. Oh, yeah. In fact, I, 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 again, I, 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 he, he named the numbers, but it, it's astounding. I think over a half a trillion of reserves has already just been pay, paid back voluntarily by the banks that just say we just don't need it. Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're now giving, I think, uh, an eighth of a percent of interest. There was so little, and some of them are saying I'd rather invest it elsewhere. So, um, no, the, the, the loans – um, will not come close in terms of costing the taxpayer the total amount that is there. As I said already, those that have paid back have paid back with a profit. Now, mm -hmm. City and others will have to wait and see. And by the way, the AIG loans, the Fetty and Franny loans, um, uh, uh, you know, those are, those are ones that I don't think will ever be paid back, and we, the taxpayer, will be on the hook for those. But I think you uh, again, and I'm throwing this number out. I think we're going to see a total loss, perhaps, of uh, uh, the low hundreds of billions. That might sound still like a high number, but we were in the trillions. A low hundreds of billions, maybe two hundred billion, three hundred billion, maybe four. Uh, but given that almost two trillion dollars was lent through the TARP plus the Fed loans, this is still maybe at most 20 percent mm -hmm. net cost to the taxpayer. So it won't be anywhere near the total amount uh, lent, um, which uh, 
uh, is certainly good given the government is running such huge deficits on its own. The Fed is not going to contribute overwhelmingly to that. I see. And would you say that this is a uh, about as positive an outcome as one could have expected at the beginning of this process oh, yeah. in terms of that? Uh, I mean, this is what, what we're seeing. I mean, as I've, I mentioned, you know, the, the Lehman bankruptcy and, and those weeks that followed was almost a knockout punch. Uh, the economy goes in the ICU. It's, I think it might be being able to move to the regular hospital rooms now uh, as at least we've survived. And now, you know, it's a healing process and your healing takes time. Uh, it, it just is not going to happen overnight, no matter how big the stimulus plan is. And uh, but in my estimation, it is taking place uh, in due in due order. And I don't think we should become discouraged uh, at all with what's happened. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for stopping by today. Thanks for having me. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. 